Hey there, Mama. I'm Carissa, and this is the Birth Tide Podcast, the podcast where I'll help you feel more informed and excited for your birth. I'm a birth doula and childbirth educator who is passionate about helping mamas feel less in the dark and more informed about pregnancy and birth to help you have your dream experiences. Every week, you'll have the opportunity to hear from a guest speaker and birth professional so you can be most prepared for your dream birth. Be sure to check out my free birth prep steps guide where I give you nine things to do in your pregnancy so that you can enjoy your birth. Click the link in the show notes below or head to thebirthtie.com steps. All right, let's get in today's show. Hello, Erin. Welcome to the Birth Tide podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Erin um, is one of my doula friends. We only actually recently met a few months ago, but we've been spending a lot of time with each other, getting to know each other. We talk a lot, a lot about birth. And yeah, welcome to the show, Erin. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I am super excited for you and your podcast. Yeah, I have had the best time getting to know Carissa. She is such a good doula and such a go-getter. And it's just been an absolute honor getting to know you. So yeah, a little bit about myself. So I worked at a hospital in a labor and delivery unit for about three years. And then I had a daughter and I was very sick with her. So I decided that I was going to quit and be a stay-at-home mom. And I got to a point where I missed birth way too much. So I decided to become a doula just because I've always loved that more natural side of things. And having worked in a hospital, you don't always see that. So being able to take that more natural approach was definitely what I was going for. So I have now had a business, a doula's business for about a year. And it has been the absolute best. Yay. Yeah, that's so great. And how old is your daughter now? She is going to be two in May. So she's a sweetheart. She is. (laughs) Yes, Um, we love her. Yeah. So yeah, I asked my Instagram followers if they had any questions for you. And I also have some questions for you. So we'll just get right on into it. The first question I wanted to ask you is that a lot of my followers said they are planning hospital births. And so uh, mm-hmm. when I asked them, do you prefer to get the epidural right away or do you prefer to wait and maybe not get mm-hmm. it at all? Actually, 100% mm-hmm. of people responded and said that they maybe want to wait and not even get it at all. So for a mom planning wow. a unmedicated hospital birth, what do you recommend? Mm-hmm. What are the best things they can do to prepare? And then how can they have that mm-hmm. unmedicated hospital birth? Yeah. Get a doula. (laughs) Get a doula, girl. I, yeah, I loved seeing clients have doulas, like our patients when they would bring in a doula. It was like, yes, good job. Just because doulas are like that third party that kind of know a little bit more of what's going on. They're able to tell you what's going on because you're not going to have a nurse in your room the whole time. In fact, like, unfortunately, nurses only come in when they have to. And to have that person who's able to explain things to you and help you to just feel more comfortable with what's going on is super important. Um, As far as getting the epidural right away or not, honestly, if you are planning an epidural birth, get an epidural right away. Because if that's your plan, hey, what's the point in waiting? But if you are hoping to go natural, try to wait out as long as you can or even just have it in your head that that's not even an option. If you want to go natural, tell your doula, tell your spouse that you're not allowed to get the epidural. Don't let me get the epidural because otherwise it's very, very easy to give in to that epidural just by knowing it's available. 
Um, if you're planning a, a natural hospital birth, make sure your birth team knows. Make sure your doctor and your nurses all know to not offer it. Because if it's offered to you, it's going to be harder to say no to. Um, having a doula is great for that kind of stuff, for pain management, helping you to mentally and emotionally get through that intense pain is, is really important to have. And also meditation. That's huge. Practicing how to manage your pain, um, looking up tactics of how to do that, whether that's holding ice cubes in your hand or putting yourself in a very uncomfortable position that you have to mentally work through is super important. Um, meditation, especially that has huge benefits. Yeah. So explain the holding the ice cubes in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. That is one that I recommend to all my clients. Um, it's super uncomfortable. I've done it myself <laughs> quite a few times. Try it sometime to hold. Yeah. It's, it sucks to hold ice cubes in your hand. I didn't think it would hurt the way it does, but it is <laughs> not comfortable when you're doing that. Like make your shoulders relax, make your jaw relax, make your neck just fall forward and allow your mind to process that pain and keep yourself, you know, under control of that sensation. And then, you know, if you practice that kind of stuff, getting into labor, you'll be able to have an experience of working through an uncomfortable situation. So it makes it a little bit easier to do that when you're in labor. Yeah. Yeah. The ice cube trick is definitely a great way to practice because practicing for mm-hmm. labor is, is so great. So the next question is that Burke girl uh, asked, what is the number way to support a mama through transition? So we know that mm-hmm. labor has these different phases. So there's early labor when contractions are kind of inconsistent and then active labor when the contractions are getting more consistent, maybe five minutes apart or three minutes apart and they're lasting a little longer. And then transition is the most intense phase. It's a lot shorter, but it's pretty intense because you might be eight or nine or 10 centimeters. You might even start to feel uh, that urge to push a little bit, but uh, you're not quite there yet. And so it feels intense. So what is a way that doulas and husbands can support um yeah, a mama through transition. So the biggest part of transition is that that is when women start to say they can't do it. Once you hit that point where your body is getting so close to having your baby, you start to feel like you are feeling defeated, that you can't handle it. So as a support person, no matter whether that's a doula or a husband or both, the best thing that I have found is to help that mama to feel beyond empowered, that she can do it. She needs to become intact or in touch with her primal being, you know, this is something that you almost need to turn your brain to a whole different side just to get through it. You can't doubt yourself. And so as a support person, that's the best thing is to just make sure that the mom feels safe. She feels supported. She feels strong. We need to help her to feel as empowered as possible. I mean, you just help her to get in touch with that primal side of herself. You know, it's okay to make those low tones. It's okay to scream if you have to just helping her to feel comfortable where she's at um, is super important. Helping her to know, you know, telling her you're almost done. You're almost done. Transition tends to go super fast compared to the rest of your labor. I'm sure you've seen that Carissa. Once they hit like seven girl, like you'll be having that baby pretty soon. (laughs) And so it's good to remind them of that, that, you know, you made it this far, you're almost to the finish line and just helping them to have that extra burst of energy to get through it. And transition really is the phase where adrenaline does mm-hmm. come up a little bit more again. You're getting close to pushing. Mm-hmm. And so um, some moms do get a little burst of energy yeah, too. For so sure. That's, yeah, that's great. Um, 
besides, this is another question, besides conventional medicine, is there a natural way to combat postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression? Now, I know that your postpartum was um, pretty difficult. So if you want to share anything on that, you can. And then what are ways that um, besides just medicine that can be helpful? Yeah. So for me personally, I have struggled really bad the first probably six months of postpartum. Um, The second my daughter was born, I kind of experienced this dissociation where I was just, I felt so sad, but I didn't know why, because I have a baby on my chest. Why should I be this sad and this angry and this scared? And, you know, it was a terrible feeling. And I had talked to a nurse at the time that I actually worked with at the hospital. And she looked me in the eyes and told me I was just emotional. You're just emotional, Erin. Like, you're fine. And that silenced me immediately. Like I had no voice about it for so long. And, you know, conventional medicine, that's great when you need it. But as far as anxiety and depression, postpartum there, it's a hormonal imbalance that really you can't control, but you can help to keep it at bay and keep it down. So if we're not, if we're looking away from the conventional medicine side, something that I found that helped me the most is one, speak up. You do not want to stay silent about that kind of thing. Um, It just makes it so much worse. So make sure you have a support system, whether that's your husband that is aware of what postpartum depression is, what postpartum anxiety is that he knows how to help you. Um, Having a good friend that you can talk to. I loved getting outside with my daughter, even if it was cold, just being able to be outside is super helpful. I diffused a ton of essential oils. So if you're into essential oils, they are so helpful with hormonal imbalances and emotions. Um, Definitely something to look into. Are there any re- that you recommend? Yeah, in lavender. <laughs> I loved lavender. I would put it on my shirt I w- and it's safe for babies. So I would put it on my shirt. I would diffuse that stuff in every room in my house and it is a relaxation oil. So it really helped me. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. Thank you for sharing that. That was definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. a hard season and it's not something that's talked a lot about. I know we know a lot about it, but then I think that when um, moms experience it, it's, it feels um, maybe a little bit uh, yeah. out of control or they might not know what to do. So right. yeah, definitely thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that. Uh, now, something that I get asked all the time as a doula, probably by every single client of mine and on every consultation call is what are ways that you recommend dads to support the woman in labor. And then Mm -hmm. especially with having a doula there, what does that look like to have the, uh, the dad and working there together? Um, because yeah, you can take it away. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Something that I see as a doula the most is not just mom wants a doula, but dad also wants a doula because they don't know what to do. And so it's nice to have that person who knows how to help a mom. They've seen that this helps and they're able to teach dad how to do that. So like, let's use the example of counter pressure. We know exactly where to push for that counter pressure. Dad doesn't always know exactly where that, where that pressure point is. And so as the doula, we're able to instruct him on what to do as a doula. We're not taken over. Like it is you and your spouse bringing this baby into the world. We are there to, help and to instruct and to teach on how to do things. And of course, like if dad wants to switch out with us, by all means, let's do that. It's actually really nice. I found to switch out with dad, but then they know how to help and they feel more comfortable and more, um, 
Yeah, just like they know what to do. They feel more comfortable with helping her when she's in labor. They don't feel so helpless if we're able to tell them what we find is best. Yeah, that's what I would say about that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I sometimes like to explain it like a pyramid, like mom's at the top of the pyramid and then dad is, uh, her next, her partner is her next support person and the primary support person. And as a doula, we are, uh, supporting them as a team and yeah, because we want them to have, we want moms to enjoy their labor and have a labor that exactly. they, uh, love. Uh, here's another question. How do you know when to go to the hospital when you're in labor? So maybe yeah. you could give an answer for first time moms, but then also uh, second, third, fourth time moms. Cause we know, uh, the first birth is a little bit different right. than right. other births. So I would say for a first time mom, I was one to rush to the hospital as soon as I felt anything. And I really wish I wouldn't have done that. I have then after that really looked into what the five one one rule is. And now I tell all my clients that are going to be hospital births that they should be considering going to the hospital at 511, which let's go into that. So 511 rule would be contractions that are lasting a minute long. So that's one of your ones for an hour every five minutes. So you're getting a contraction every five minutes lasting a minute long. And that has been happening now for an hour. That is when a nurse or a doctor would say, okay, it's time to go to the hospital just because you are in active labor, things are things are starting. Um, of course, if they're anything closer than five minutes, so let's say they're two minutes apart, lasting a minute long, you know, you're getting close to potentially transition, not always, but you are probably progressing in labor pretty well. So as far as when to go to the hospital, if you have a doula, it's super nice, because then you can labor at home. And we know when it's time to go to the hospital. Um, we can tell by your different tones and your different um, sounds that, okay, I think she's getting kind of close. Let's go. Um, but if you are all by yourself as a first time mom, personally, I would say follow the 511 rule. That's probably your safest bet if you're planning to be at the hospital anyway. As far as second time mom, third time moms, it can be a little tricky. Sometimes they'll go a lot quicker than you know you would expect with your first one. Let's say that's 24 hours with your second one, you might be looking at a 12 hour labor, you know, who knows? So it's a little bit harder, but again, unless you have a doula that's able to kind of get a sense of the environment, 511, that is the best rule to follow with that. I have one last question for you, especially with your background and being a nurse. What is it like for uh, moms to decline something when they are in labor or before birth, something they're not comfortable with. So if the doctor or nurse recommends that they get their water broken or start Pitocin and the mom feels unsure about it, she feels a little scared, or maybe she already knows she doesn't want that. How can she decline that? What does it look like to uh, advocate for yourself when you are in labor? Yeah. Yeah. That is a super hard question. And a good question, though. I mean, that happens all the time. And that's definitely something that is scary to think about. These professionals you're dealing with, you know, telling them no, that can be a scary thought. So from experience, um, some nurses don't respect a no. And they'll, you know, they'll go with it, but they'll kind of cop an attitude back at you. And so my best advice with that is stand your ground, no matter who you're dealing with. You know, you know your body, you know your baby. You have that autonomy to be able to say, I don't want that in my body. I don't want that for my baby. And you need to stand your ground. 
um, don't take the attitude as a, oh, maybe I should change my mind. You know, you'll see that for sure coming from a health professional or even, unfortunately, your labor nurses. But again, it's your body. It's your baby. Stand your ground. If you don't want it, don't get it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for answering all these questions. I know that a lot of moms found it helpful. And how can people re- reach out to you if they want to ask you anything more or stay in contact with you? What are ways they can reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So my main source of reaching out is Instagram. So my Instagram handle is birth.doula.erin. And I am able to take DMs if you have any questions. If you're looking for a doula, just reach out to me on there. I also have a Facebook account. Um, it's Erin Gaiman Doula. So feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I'd love to t- chat with yeah, you. Yeah, I'll link those down below in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on the Birth Tide podcast today. It was an honor to have you. And yeah, I can't wait to continue working with you more. Yes, you do. All right. It has been wonderful having Erin on the Birth Tide podcast today. In the next episode, we will be talking about lactation and breastfeeding with Hannah, a lactation counselor. If you want to learn more about preparing for birth, I have a nine-step guide called the Birth Prep Steps. You can check the link in the show notes below or go to thebirthtide.com slash steps to grab your free guide. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you would leave a review so more moms can find it. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day.